Of the over 4,000 lizard species, the chameleons are the most interesting. Chameleons, unlike all the other lizards, they can change colors. Um, uh, other things that makes them unique, about makes chameleons unique, is their tongue is twice as long as their body, which makes good for eating. Chameleons have 360 degree arc of vision, and they can move each eye independently from one another. Now, this doesn't have a whole lot to do with my sermons, and I just thought that was interesting. <laughs> but I begin to think about the body of Christ tonight. So whatever you are in the body of Christ, you are unique. Your gifts, your talents, and your strengths are needed in the church for growth and for health. So think about that for a moment. What God has individually given you tonight. Just like this chameleon, uh, like no other, amen, he's got all these unique qualities. Uh, listen, you have some unique qualities tonight. When God put his church together, amen, God uh, deposited into each one of us certain gifts and talents and strengths uh, that together, uh, amen, makes for growth and health in the house of God. And we're going to see this in our text tonight, Mark chapter 2, verse 21 said, to, uh, no one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, or else a new piece pulls away from the old, and the tear is made worse. No one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else uh, the wine uh, bursts the wineskin. The wine is spilled, the wineskins are ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins. Let's pray. Father, I am asking you tonight, God, to move up on your church to speak to hearts and lives. Uh, God, give us that sense of belonging tonight. Give us our, our sense of place tonight. God, help us to use our talents and strengths and giftings, God, for, for health and well-being in the house of God to cause growth. Your name be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Title this night, Can You Tell the Difference if you're taking notes? Look at first tonight, the great contrast. There's nothing like the kingdom of God. It is in itself sovereign, righteous, holy, filled with hope, joy, vision, and destiny. There is nothing like the kingdom of God. Uh, amen. The best the world has career, position, relationship uh, is pale in comparison to the kingdom of God. If you put them side by side, uh, nothing shines like the will of God in the kingdom of God. Nothing is as glorious, as powerful, uh, as wonderful, and you and I are part of that. The kingdom of God is as different to this world as wet and dry, cold and hot, and man and woman is to you and I. I mean, there's not even in a comparison. We think about the kingdom of God, uh, and we think about the world in which we know it. Uh, uh, the, the, the kingdom of God is so much greater, so much more wonderful uh, than what you and I see here. In our text, so Jesus describes the difference between believers here. So in the house of God, Jesus takes a... A close-up here. He kind of puts the spotlight on our Christian life, our Christianity, and Jesus highlights some things because what he's, the picture he's drawing tonight gives us total opposites here. In the house of God, believers in the house of God, Jesus makes it very personal tonight, uh, but it's going to be very powerful if we would take note of this in our minds anyway. So Jesus describes the difference between believers in the house of God, and he calls them, uh, he describes them as, as old and new wineskins. Wineskins were a major part of their everyday life back then. They didn't have iced tea, Gatorade, and sodas. 
They didn't have a convenience store they could run down to and get a cold drink. Uh, they had vineyards. In other words, they grew their juices. Uh, they would put these juices in wine skins uh, made from animal uh, skins and mostly from goats. Uh, but not only were wine skins used for drinking juice, uh, but they're also used for transport, transport olive oil, milk, butter, and cheese. So this is a very big part of their life. So Jesus, uh, the moment he said, listen, I'm going to use wine skins as an example uh, to give you some thoughts about the kingdom. Everybody knew what he's talking about. Everybody zeroed in because everybody had a wine skin. Every, every school kid, every teenager, every young adult, every older adult uh, would have wine skins. Again, they were used for business. They were used uh, for just uh, juice that they carried. So everybody can identify here. But wine skins were inspected daily. Not only were wineskins counted on for drinking, for drinking purposes, but again for business, uh, their lives literally were in those wineskins. Now think about this. Life was literally uh, bound up in this little bag. If you're in a desert, you didn't have it, you're going to die from thirst. Uh, if you don't have a wineskin, maybe you're going to fail in business somewhere. So the difference between a new and an old wineskin can mean life or death, success or failure in business. Once the wineskin became old, dry, and cracked, uh, it was useless and thrown away. To use an old wineskin would be foolish because halfway down the road, uh, that wineskin is going to burst, Jesus said, that wine, milk, or butter uh, will be lost here. So again, Jesus is talking about his church here, but he's giving us some thought here. The challenge was to keep the wineskin new or like new. So to do this, they had to oil the wineskin, not just slap some oil on it at night, uh, and hopefully that oil would uh, soak in, but every night they'd had to take oil, dump on that wineskin, and work with their hands. Like a good massage. Uh, I mean, you're working that leather, you're working that oil in that leather. This was a nightly job uh, for young people, teenagers, older, uh, mom and dad, because their life literally depended on these wineskins. Uh, so there was no laziness when it came to wineskins uh, because of their importance. So uh, Jesus making a spiritual application here. So the spiritual application to us here tonight is we have to keep working at staying or making ourselves new or light new in the kingdom of God. You and I cannot afford to let our Christian life uh, uh, go through dry seasons, too many of them, where uh, we're going to crack, where we're going to not be able to be flexible, expandable, where now God's trying to pour into our life of what, uh, what used to would hold what God would do. Now it's broken and, and, and wasted. So Jesus said every day, every night, taking the oil of God's word, rubbing it into our soul. Romans 12, 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We have to think different. As Christians, we think different. We're taking the Word of God, the oil of God, uh, and rubbing it into our soul as we read the Word, as we obey the Word, as we give thought to the Word of God uh, every day, every night. That's why we have to be in our Bible, because that's what's happening. It's like oil on the wineskin. Uh, uh, you're rubbing oil in your soul. It keeps the edge on us. It keeps us firm and keeps us fresh uh, uh, and interested in the things of God, because without that, Listen, that wineskin is going to get old. It's going to get crusty. It's going to begin to break. Ephesians 4.22. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind 
and put on the new man, which was created according to God, into righteousness and holiness. To not do this, we'll get, uh, amen, we'll get dry cracks and become unusable. So how do people become unusable? I'm going to hit that here in a moment. Uh, in the kingdom of God, they simply let the wineskin get old. They simply allow the wineskin to get uh, stiff and old where God can't now, God can't pour anything into that wineskin without the risk of loss uh, and spill. So, uh, amen, we have to keep ourselves fresh and new. So the great contrast here in the world, you know, let me think about the world. You can sleep in the noon if you want. You can do very little throughout the day. You can have a bad attitude, treat people bad, live sinful, live for self, and you fit right in. Right? Uh, there's nothing special you have to do in the world. You can do whatever you want, uh, and you can fit in. You can uh, fit in somehow because that's the world. That's how the world thinks and acts. Uh, there's no problem. Uh, but Jesus said the kingdom of God is nothing like the world. The kingdom of God is sovereign, righteous, has vision, destiny, uh, and Jesus said the kingdom of God is, if it's going to live in you and flow through you, uh, we're going to have to keep this wineskin, which is us, uh, spiritual life in Christ and ready to be used. So if we're going to be this wineskin that God is able to, to use and flow through and fill up, uh, we're going to have to keep ourselves spiritual. Meaning you're going to have to do things. You can't just sit back and do nothing. Uh, uh, amen. And not rub any oil on that leather because you're going to begin to be hard. So look, secondly, the absolute need for change. 1 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone be in Christ, his new creation, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All things are of God. So in salvation, God completely changes you and I. He, he makes us a brand new person, gives us a new mind, new heart, uh, and gives us a brand new start. That's what Paul's saying in Corinthians. Uh, uh, amen. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. All things are of God. In other words, God has done something in your mind, uh, in your heart, in your person at salvation. At salvation, you become a brand new person. Uh, you're no longer that old man. Uh, uh, when I got saved, the moment I got saved, uh, I was a new person. Uh, the moment I got saved, the moment you got saved, uh, you had a new mind, a new heart. Uh, but we have to invest in this. In salvation, God completely changed you. 1 Peter 1.18 For you, be, you have been redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. word redeemed in this text. Uh, bought out of sin. When at salvation, Jesus brought us out of sin, out of the world, so to speak, uh, Brought us into the kingdom of God, uh, and now we have a new purpose. First uh, Corinthians six twenty: For your body at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. In other words, we have no choice here. God said, "You've been bought at a price; uh, therefore, your job now is to glorify God in your body and in your spirit." Uh, in other words, we're here for God. We're to be changed. Uh, absolutely changed, amen, so God can use our life, uh, so our lives can be used uh, in body and spirit by God, amen, God has a purpose, uh, as I said, everyone's have a unique gift, uh, a unique talents and strength for the church, uh, and for growth, and if we will live like that and use that, listen, this church can blow up in growth, but if we don't live like that, 
See, truth is tonight the new wine. God's Word, the flow of God, uh, needs new wineskins. Matter of fact, God, the flow of God, depends on you and I keeping ourselves new or light new. God depends on you and I keeping ourselves spiritual. Now think about this new wine that the Spirit of God, Jesus is giving some comparisons here. Uh, the Spirit of God, like the new wine, <coughs> needs a new wineskin to flow through. New wineskins were strong and flexible. They can contain much. A new wineskin in those days, uh, again, everybody would know exactly what Jesus is talking about. There was a goat skin. After they <coughs> excuse me, butchered the goat, uh, they would clean the skin and they would use that for one. And they, but they were strong and flexible and they could pour, they can contain much. Uh, and Jesus is giving you and I a picture here as Christians, we're to be strong and flexible. We we are to contain whatever God would pour into us, uh, whatever talent, gifting, treasures, uh, Amen. Without the risk of loss, when they would fill up a wineskin in those days, they depend on that wineskin holding it. They didn't fill it up for for loss. They didn't fill it up with the thought, well, it may crack and break and lose everything in a moment. No, they filled it up with the thought, listen, this is strong. Uh, it, it's flexible. It can, it can withstand what I put in it. Uh, again, because that's their business. That's their life. They're going to walk across the desert. They need this wineskin. Uh, they're going to transport butter and milk uh, for business. Olive oil. They're going to need it for, for strength. Uh, amen. So when God fills you and I up, He expects it to stay. He expects that wine uh, to be fresh. Amen. As the day He poured it in. All that the kingdom of God is, God's glory, power, wonder, is meant to be in us and flow through us. Can you say amen? It's meant to be in us and flow through us. Acts chapter 3. Peter and John, oh, on their way to morning prayer, you know the story, they see a lame man there, they begin to talk with him. <coughs> they end up praying for him, he gets healed, uh, and the Bible says he gets up and walks away. How know Peter and John didn't do that. That was that power, that wonder, that glory of God that was flowing through them. Uh, so when they spoke, uh, uh, all this wonder and power of God began to be at work. Uh, and this man got healed. The Bible said he got up and he followed them to the house of God. He's leaping. Uh, and the Bible said rejoicing and praising God. That's the way church is supposed to be. That's the way you're supposed to be. You're supposed to affect people in that way. Uh, Amen. We come into contact with people with needs. Uh, will you pray with me? Uh, can you speak to me about God? There's supposed to be some kind of transformation. Uh, uh, amen. When we speak to them. Uh, amen. And what a sad thing it is uh, when the church doesn't have the, the wine, can't contain uh, what God needs uh, to reach people. Let me ask you, are you keeping yourself fresh tonight? Is your wineskin, your life... Uh, able to contain what God wants it to contain? Is it able to, uh, amen, hold uh, the talents, the abilities that God needs for the church to grow, for the church to be healthy? Can God pour into your life tonight? Uh, because it's going to take some absolute change for that to happen. We can't be this old man and contain what God wants us to have. Not possible. We must keep ourselves strong not only for what God has for us, but for the challenges of life. When they carried that wineskin across the desert, 
there's challenges on that wine skin. The sun's going to beat on it. It's going to be dropped. It's going to be <clears throat> maybe stepped on. Uh, there are personal challenges uh, that doesn't have anything to really do with the will of God. We can talk about marriage tonight. If your marriage is going to work, you better have a little bit of God in you. You better have a lot of God in you. If your marriage is going to be vibrant, if it's going to be uh, uh, something we're talking about, if there's going to be something that can help other marriages, you better have some God factor there. And man, you're going to need this oil, or you're going to need a, a, the, the life of God for your children tonight. You're going to need the life of God in you for your finances. There's uh, challenges of sickness, uh, serving, living clean, uh, the COVID-19. Uh, uh, there's many other things that we desperately need God in our lives. And listen, when, uh, if we don't have that wineskin that God needs, uh, we're the ones going to suffer here. See, we need the power of God to meet the challenges and overcome them. How many times have you run into stuff that are beyond you? I mean, that you and yourself don't have the answers, you don't have what it takes, but you can pray, you can get a hold of God, you have something in you that's bigger than just you, uh, and it's able to meet the need. Now here's, uh, again, Peter and uh, John as they're walking the morning prayer. Yeah, they had, they had empathy for this man, but how many know empathy is not going to heal him? They had to have something more. They had to have a power, and they had that. Uh, but what they didn't, I wonder what that scripture read. They prayed, but nothing happened. God would look bad, but it wasn't God's fault. It would have been their fault, having no rusty and crusty wineskins. <laughs> Romans 8, Paul speaks to this subject, verse 37. Yet all these things were more than conquerors through him who loves us, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, angels, principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor heights, nor depths, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Here's somebody that's full of God. Here's somebody that has a wineskin uh, that can contain. Uh, when you're talking like that, I don't care what I go through in life, nothing's going to defeat me. I don't care what happens, uh, what I face, what I go through. Listen, God is bigger than all of that. You start talking like that, I say, man, that's a good wineskin there. That's a wineskin that's going to help the church. Uh, that's a wineskin God can fill up, God can move through, uh, and that God's called us all to have that tonight. You know, there's a great danger tonight. I want you to listen close here. There's a great danger in becoming an old wineskin. And this is the point that Jesus is making tonight. Uh, he wants us to see the great danger in the old wineskin. Uh, no more oil by the word of God, no longer flexible. In our text, that the new piece pulls away from the old, uh, and the tear is made worse. Let me give you an example of the prodigal son, Luke 15. We know he stopped obeying, he stopped listening, uh, and in time he leaves the father's house uh, and becomes worse than he ever thought. Now think about that. Uh, he's in the Father's house. He has everything available to him uh, that the Father had. That's all his. Uh, uh, but he stopped listening, stopped obeying, uh, and something happened in his spirit. This is what Jesus is saying here tonight. When we become that old wineskin, uh, when we stop obeying, we stop listening, uh, something happens in our spirit. And this, man, this young man leaves the Father's house uh, you know, this once saved, always saved doctrine is a bunch of lies. Right. Amen. I'm going to make some statements here. The Holy Spirit wasn't there 
in the wild parties with his particle son. He wasn't with him in the pig pen uh, either. At some point, when he stopped listening and obeying, the Spirit of God pulled away. That's what Jesus is saying here. Uh, the danger in becoming this old, crusty, non-usable wineskin, the Spirit of God is going to pull away. The Spirit of God at some point, I don't know where that line is, uh, but listen, I know God screams in our spirit sometimes. Uh, listen, obey, do what's right, uh, get involved, be faithful, uh, because listen, without all of that, the Spirit of God has no choice but to pull away. Because God's not going to be involved in sin. He's not going to be hanging around, uh, amen, our nonsense. See, the truth is tonight, God, the Holy Spirit, pulls away for your sake. Look at our text here. It said, the new wine bursts the wineskins. The wine is spilled, but the wineskins are ruined. You know, let me give you another example. God giving us a physical picture here, what happens spiritually when we quit listening and obeying. Genesis 3 is a good example. When Eve quits listening to God, stops obeying his word, there's an explosion of life uh, as they knew it. As they knew life, amen, the glory of God, the grace of God, uh, the, that they walked in daily, the, the enjoyment of the Spirit of God, all the day, all of a sudden, is, is, there's an explosion, spiritually and physically in the natural. Uh, yeah, they were still alive, but everything was changed. And Jesus is saying, listen, the Spirit of God uh, is too powerful, too vibrant, too too much, amen, so we allow ourselves to get old, uh, we quit listening, we quit obeying, uh, there's going to be an explosion of life here. Listen, when they quit obeying and quit listening, that life exploded, uh, life was never the same for them. See, God's word was meant to live in them, but now spilled on the ground, and the devil's been stomping on that ever since. We're still suffering the consequence of sin today. Because Adam and Eve said, I don't have to listen and obey anymore. Listen, we can sit in church and become that same way. Yeah, pastor's just on his thing again. Pastor's just on a, he didn't matter about something. He did up there talking. And we can become like that in the house of God. We quit listening, we quit obeying. Uh, all of a sudden, something's spilled that's not supposed to be spilled. The devil just stomps on it. And we're still suffering the consequences today. So let's talk lastly about the needed attitude. Listen, if we're going to be who we're supposed to be, if we're going to carry and contain what God wants us to carry and contain, uh, we're going to have to have a certain attitude today. Come and know your attitude changes your life. When you have a bad attitude, all life stinks, doesn't it? How many just had a bad attitude one day? All life stinks. No, not, nobody can say anything to you, make you happy. You have a bad attitude. Uh, everything's just stinky. See, your attitude changes everything. The wine, the will of God, the flow of God, the talents, the giftings, the treasure that God has invested in you deserves our best effort tonight. Listen, what God has done in your life deserves your best. What God has poured into you and I, the talents, the giftings, uh, the treasures, all that God does, it deserves our best every day. We do not have the right to have an attitude. Uh, we don't have a right to have the attitude that says, God, I'm not going to listen. Uh, I'm not going to be involved. I'm not going to have anybody over. I'm not going to invest in it. We don't have the right to have that attitude tonight. Because that attitude is saying, God, I don't care uh, 
what you've done. We don't say that, but our attitude does. Listen, this wine, uh, again, this precious flow of God deserves our best tonight. Proverbs 3.12, the Apostle Paul speaks of this. Look at his attitude here. He said, uh, not that I've already obtained or, not, or already been perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ uh, Jesus has also laid hold of for me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal of the prize for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Listen, his attitude wasn't, I've already done that. Well, I give it all last year. I was on outreaches last year. Uh, I labored uh, back in the past. I was in a ministry back then. He wasn't saying that, was he? His attitude is, I'm going forward here. His attitude is, I'm pressing on. I'm reaching for the prize. Uh, God has more for me. God has uh, uh, other things. And Paul, his attitude is, God deserves my best every day. I haven't obtained yet, he says. And Paul said that, where are we at? Uh, here's the man that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Uh, he obtained a lot more than you and I can ever think of. And he says, listen, uh, I haven't done anything for God. I'm still reaching forward. Let me ask you, what's your attitude tonight when it comes to new converts need to follow up on? When it comes to having people over? When it comes to serving a need in the church and being there? What's your attitude? Let somebody else do it. I don't want to do nursery. I want to hear them stinking, screaming kids. <laughs> Come on. Let's get real tonight. Saturday's my time. We're all talking about outreach. See, what's your attitude? Especially after you've been serving God for a while. After you've lived for God for a while, what's your attitude when you come to the house of God? I ain't talking to anybody I'm mad. I ain't giving. It's my last 20. I ain't giving it. What's your attitude tonight? Paul said, my attitude, I'm pressing forward. There's a price to, uh, a prize to be won, uh, and I'm going to get it. You know, one chapter later, Philippians 4, after Paul's given everything for a long time, he says these words, basically, I'm not burned out. In verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul's given everything for years. Uh, said, I ain't burned out. You know, people, oh, I'm going to burn out if I give too much, if I do too much. Uh, you didn't have that attitude of sin. Come on. You partied Friday night, Saturday night, and half a Sunday, and went to work Monday with a hangover. You did it every week. You never complained, I'm burning out. Right? You talked, to, talked Monday and Tuesday about this coming Friday and Saturday, what are you going to be doing? You wasn't burning out. You are looking forward to it. But when we get in the house of God, oh, we're burning out, Pastor. You expect too much. You know, Bob's not here tonight, so I'm going to talk about him a little bit. I won't embarrass him. He's 85 years old. I want you to, you're 20, 30, 40. Think about this for a minute. He's 85 years old. And I love his involvement. You know, he changes the sign every week. Doesn't matter if it's rain. I've seen him out there in the rain, umbrella, chain that sign. I say, Bob, listen, don't. It's too cold out here. It's too hot. He passes. This is my ministry. This is what I do. It don't matter what. He's going to change that sign. 
He, he, every Monday morning, he texts me, what do you think of this idea for the sign? Every Monday morning. Not every other. Not every third. Every Monday morning. He's on clock, man. That's my ministry. I love his involvement. When the church needs work, he's the first volunteer. The first volunteer. We have a, uh, we've had a lot of AC work done. Uh, there's a ladder that I have trouble climbing. Bob's up there every day when that there's a, he's climbing that ladder. 85 years old. He's not a ladder. He's on the roof taking notes. They're telling him stuff, and he corrects them what they said three weeks ago. No, this is what you said three weeks ago. They go, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. 85 years old. And you're 20 and 30, and you're complaining about, <laughs> come on. I want to hear it. He's on every outreach. 85 years old. Almost every outreach. 85 years old. Pastor, Saturday morning, this is my morning. 85 years old, no complaint. 85 years old, he's a giver. He still believes in the vision of reaching the world for Jesus Christ. Me and Bob, Mr. Weldon were talking about a month ago back here, and he says, yeah, when I get sent out. I looked at him, 85 years old, he's still talking about being sent out. You're 40 and you're already looking for retirement. <laughs> I can't wait till I get my house, man. I'm just going to retire. Life's been hard. <laughs> 85 years old. What would you be at 85? I'd hate to see some of you at 85 because it's 25 and 35. <laughs> Your bones are already cracking. I can't do that, Pastor. <laughs> Come on. Hang around Bob for a couple weeks. That's how to chat. That's how to do it. When somebody wants to be a disciple, I'll say, hang around Bob for a month. <laughs> do what Bob does for a month, then come talk to me, and we'll work some things out. See, the problem when we don't give our best, the kingdom of God suffers. And I think Bob knows that. At 85 years old, I guarantee he has some pain in that body. At 85 years old, I guarantee he has muscle stiffness. Uh, I have it at 55. At 85, uh, he had, but he understands if I don't give my best, the kingdom of God suffers. Our text says the wine is spilled uh, and the wineskins are ruined. Uh, when we don't give our best, the kingdom of God suffers tonight. When we say, I'm not going to be involved, I'm not going to sacrifice, I'm not going to give beyond my tithe, uh, the kingdom of God suffers tonight. You know, the downside of the, 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 the chameleon, especially the male chameleon, it's real emotional. And I'm reading about it today, I go, lizard's emotional? So I'm reading about it today, you know, just, <clears throat> when another male gets around and he feels a little bit challenged, he gets all emotional. This chameleon, he turns all these flashing colors, uh, bright color. We think, it's, we think it's nice to look at, but he's, he's all emotional. That's a problem. That's the problem with some Christians. They get emotional and they can't think anymore. The pastor looked at me wrong or they didn't shake my hand right or something and get all emotions and you don't do nothing. The male comedian shuts down when he gets all emotional. When a female comes around, he really gets all emotional. They, they say that male comedian has to work extremely hard to keep his composure However they get this, I don't know how they get it, but uh, 
to keep his composure around uh, other chameleons, especially the, the, the female. You know, we have to work pretty hard keeping our composure sometimes in the house of God. I'm not going to make an issue out of that. I'm not going to get emotional about that. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to get all bent out of shape. I'm going to keep serving. You know, Bob at 85 years old, I guarantee you many times he's had to push his emotions down. See, the truth is, when we step into ministry, or let me say this, when we step out of ministry, we quit going to outreach, tithe, but no longer give offerings, won't fellowship anymore, we miss church services, the kingdom of God suffers. When we start acting like that, doing that, the kingdom of God suffers. And this is Jesus' whole point. Listen, in the house of God, you're either going to be a new wineskin or an old one. You're going to be able to contain what God's trying to put into you, these gifts, these talents, where you're usable, where life, uh, you've got what's in you to get you through life, the difficulties of life, or you're going to be the old wineskin that breaks apart all the time, that you can't take on a trip without the spill. Which one are you tonight? Are you near the old wineskin? We have to answer this question tonight. We have to be honest with ourselves. Am I still that person that God can pour into? Do I still keep the oil fresh? Uh, uh, oil my, the wineskin, the, the God's word. Do I still allow God to speak to me? Do I, am I still obedient? Uh, am I still doing the will of God? Am I still a new wineskin? Or have I become old tonight and usable? Stepping out of ministry, Pastor. I don't care what suffers. I'm getting out of ministry. 1 Corinthians 12. I'm winding it down here. Forget too mad at me. 1 Corinthians 12. The Apostle Paul begins to break down the church, to the church, the individual importance and the individual responsibility of the kingdom of God. I'm going to jump around here a little bit, but in 1 Corinthians 12, since for as the body is one and has many members, being many are one body, so also is Christ. In other words, there's a lot going on here, but we're one. He said, if the foot says, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm the ear, I'm not of the body, is therefore not of the body. If the whole body was an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body was, uh, were hearing, where would the smell be? But God has set the members, each one of them, in the body as he pleased. In other words, God put you here and gave you the talent and the ability and now expects you to function in it. You can't say, well, I'm not that important. I'm just a hand. You ever try to work out a hand? I'm not that important. I'm just a foot. You ever try to walk out a foot? Now spiritualize that. Because people complain, well, the church isn't this and that. Well, is the foot active? Is the hand still active? Come on. So the eye, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, uh, I have no need of you. We can't say to each other, I just go, we don't need you anyway. I don't need you. Just go do what you're going to do. No, we need you. 
Paul said, we're all the body here. We all we have a unique gifting. We have talents. Uh, God's put treasure in every one of us. Uh, and together, the body functions well. Together, the body's strong. It's healthy. There's growth there. Uh, but you start subtracting hands and feet and eyes, and we look, uh, we look pretty deformed, don't we? Let me ask you, are you doing your part tonight? Am I doing my part? Are we who God has called us to be? If we are, we can look for growth and we can look for great things. If we're not, Jesus is the head of the body and whatever part He has made you, that's what you are tonight. I don't like being the hand, sorry. I don't like being the foot, sorry. If God made you a toe, you're a toe. Come on. I mean, at least God made you something. Amen. God saved you, brought you into his body, uh, amen, and made something out of your life. And, and we would be wrong to not to function in it tonight. And Paul or Jesus say in our text, listen, you're either an old wine skin or another. We can say talk about the difference between the kingdom of God and the world, but what about the difference of believers in the church? Are you old or new tonight? Let's bow our heads.